My name is Jamila Rizvi and I'm joined today by Astrid Edwards and we are talking solidarity or at least we were talking solidarity. That was what our last episode was all about where we explored Girl, Woman, Other by Bernadine Evaristo. We talked about Dark Emu by Bruce Pascoe and we chatted with living treasure Benjamin Law. But we couldn't help but jump back into your feeds today for another little chat about solidarity. Astrid, I have two questions for you and I'm going to start with the first because that makes sense. Can you name a character who forced you to consider the world from another viewpoint? Hello, Jamila. Yes, I can. So when you asked me that question, the first book that occurred to me was The Slap by Christos Trokas. And the reason was that is a narrative told in suburban Australia from eight or so different points of view. And you are forced to occupy uh, the mind of someone else, someone you might not agree with. And it forces you to consider all those awkward social moments that we all experience at a barbecue or going to someone's house or, you know, looking after someone else's kid, etc. So there was a slap by Christos Chokas, but really when I thought about it a little bit more, I actually thought of Americana, the 2013 novel by Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. This is a stunning book that has stayed with me quite deeply. It is a story of Ifemalu and through her character, I learned about Americans more and I live with an American, so I value that experience, but also the experience of black Americans and in particular, the experience of black women. And it's darn fine read. I love that this episode just passed was about solidarity and yet so much of the time we are learning to talk about empathy you and I and what we're describing is through understanding and knowledge being able to develop a deeper empathy for the experience of someone else that we might not share and the fact that books can do that for us is kind of magical. They can. So what's the character you picked? I have picked Cal from Middlesex, which is a Jeffrey Eugenides novel. Have you read this one? Yes, I have. I'm so glad about that because everyone's read The Virgin Suicides, which is another Eugenides novel and perhaps the most famous. But for me, Middlesex is absolutely the one that stole my imagination in a big way. Now, reading this book again with 2020 eyes and 2020 language, the discussion of being trans and the discussion of gender reassignment surgery and hormone injections and even the use of words like hermaphrodite really do great and make you feel quite uncomfortable. Nonetheless, I wanted to name this book because I think we do need to remember A, it's a product of its time and B, while the language is outdated and can be quite offensive as a result, I think it's a book written with enormous heart and enormous skill and the empathy and solidarity that is at its core is really important. And as a young person reading this book where the unique narrator opens by saying, I was born twice, first as a baby girl on a remarkably smogless Detroit day in January 1960 and then again as a teenage boy in an emergency room in Michigan. I I just think this character for me completely took me to another world, took me to another viewpoint. And as a teenager, this wasn't a, uh, an understanding I had in the early noughties. And I found it incredibly moving, incredibly animated. And it was a story of enormous triumph of a grown-up Cal living as an American diplomat in Berlin and telling his story and telling his 
confusion and hurt and sadness at how he was treated and how people made decisions on his behalf and assumptions on his behalf when he knew who he was and who he wanted to be. I I think one of the things with fiction is sometimes the words used in fiction do date and this is obviously an example but the story is still there and if that lets any reader feel empathy and learn something else about about a story beyond their experience then then that's what fiction is for that's that's what i meant but said good <laughs> so jam i believe you had two questions for me yes my second challenge is this one is there a character in fiction whose experience reflected yours on the page a character who when you read about them whether as a child or a, an adult made you feel really seen There is, and you've asked for fiction, but I'm actually going to briefly mention the book that occurred to me first and the book that changed my life, and that was Quiet, The Secret Power of Introverts by Susan Cain. I was an introvert and pretty socially dysfunctional for a lot of my life, scared of people, and when I read Quiet as an adult, I felt seen. I actually highlighted that book. It was the first book that I highlighted, and when I finished it, I took a deep breath and went back to the beginning and read it immediately. It changed my life and I felt seen as a socially dysfunctional introvert. So there we go. There's my nonfiction that you didn't ask for. But when I move on to fiction, I have a slightly strange one, but I'm going to recommend Circuit by Madeline Miller. Now, Madeline Miller is a UK writer who rewrites the Greek and Roman classics. So Circe is actually a rewrite from the female point of view, from Circe's point of view of the journey of Odysseus, the great hero of the Odyssey. Reading a female writer recovering some of the females from the canon makes me so darn happy. I love that your suggestion for this topic of who made you feel seen is so highbrow and literary and mine is going to be a book for primary school children. But I feel that speaks to who we are as individuals as well. I am going to go with Robin Klein's story, Hating Alison Ashley. I remember that. It's a 1994 classic that I remember reading in Mrs. Blundell's class. Uh, So I would have been nine years old. And it is a story of Erica Yerkin, who uh, is at Beringa East Primary School. And she lives a pretty ordinary, messy life and a perfect girl. Alison Ashley moves in and starts going to her school and Erica becomes determined to hate her. Now, this is the point where I wish I could say that I related to the beautiful, perfect Alison Ashley. I did not. I did not at all. But Erica Yerkin's jealousy and her desire to live a fairy tale life and escape to a world that she perceived to be better and bigger and glossier and fancier than her own was something I did relate to as a kid. I always felt like I I wasn't quite right. I wasn't I was always one of those kids who was on the edge of the cool group but was just never in it and couldn't accept that my really good mates who were outside that cool group were actually the really good ones that I should have just been happy with and stuck with because they were rad little girls and boys. And reading that story, I, I remember feeling like, oh, there are some stuff in my life that's pretty good and a reminder of a safe and happy and friendly home and an annoying little sister actually being good things and things I could be kind of proud of. I have a feeling that book might have been my first exercise 
of gratitude and it's a bit worrying that it took me nine years. <laughs> I do not know what to say to that, Jan, but I think that that is a a truly wonderful book to have seen yourself in. Our episode this week was all about solidarity. If you haven't heard it yet, please go back and have a listen. It was such fun and so interesting to record. Next week, we will be talking about nostalgia and our guest will be Melina Marchetta, who when I was 16 or 17 was the one person in this world I was desperate to one day meet. And here it is, I get to meet her along with Astrid, over a Zoom call in the middle of a global pandemic. Good times, folks. This is Anonymous Was A Woman. Please jump onto iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a rating and a review and make sure you subscribe because that is how you will never, ever, ever miss an episode. Bye.